Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here, and you're listening to my Tour Coach Podcast. Tour Coach Podcasts come from my stories, the interviews, my roundtable discussions, the day-to-day interaction with the people that I teach in my journey in the game of golf, whether it's tour players that I teach or tour players that have fired me or, heck, it's other teachers that I think the world of and respect or it's mental coaches, performance coaches, or, hey, maybe it's just people that have made an indelible mark on my teaching. Whatever it is, I hope this helps you learn more about the playing, the teaching, or enjoying the great game of golf. I sure as heck have fun doing this. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. We've got great sponsors. We've always got great guests. And one thing that we for sure do here on the Tour Coach is we keep it real. None of this is scripted. This is just authentic. This is the discussions and the day-to-day interactions that we have as the dew sweepers and teaching and trying to help all of you play better golf. And look, if you enjoy our instruction and you're somebody wanting to get better, why don't you come see us and get help for your game with our world-famous retreats, which are going to be at Old Palm Golf Club in Palm Beach Gardens with my good friends Mark Hackett, Dan Terleski, Colby Tuyeg, Dr. Greg Carton, and, and a host of many, many more. Or you can come see me at uh, my studio in Mobile, Alabama, or at the Preserve Golf Club. And remember, everything you need to play better golf is always going to be available for you at DoSweepersGolf.com. You can find out where I am and how to be on a podcast if you go there. Enjoy this edition of The Tour Coach. All right, so joining us here, we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks now. I'm here on the tour coach. We've had to do this remotely because we hadn't been able to all get together. But uh, we got got my boy Emilio Gonzalez, who's giving me. We're going to talk a little bit about hard shell tacos here in the middle of this. Oh, I want to get some important stuff. And we got <laughs> and we got Peter Nade, P Nade, my boy P Nade, and Jackson Court. We've all worked together. Jackson's been great, kind of doing some coaching. Uh, while the boys are over there on St. Simon's Island. And, uh, but, uh, first of all, congrats to you two on getting through Q school to earn your corn fairy cards for the year. Pretty awesome stuff. I just kind of wanted to talk about, obviously this podcast is we've done some crazy stuff. We've had all of you guys before, but you know, talk about your journey to getting, getting your tour cards because it's uh, your corn fairy cards. First step towards PGA tour. Both of y'all missed it. Q school last year. So I kind of want to start with you on that, Emilio. I know we talked after you missed last year, you were frustrated, but I thought you did an unbelievable job of kind of using that to refocus you and also kind of set your course and set your task. And I remember a phone conversation you and I were having after Q school last year, where you talked about some of the things that you learned from, you know, not playing as much right up to Q school and some different things. Talk a little bit about what you learned from last year, how that's helped you this year. And then I want to talk a little bit about with Peter about the same things. And Jackson, don't you can chime in on any time. We allow you here to talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was quite interesting. Uh, I missed the second stage of Q school last year and I was pretty bummed out because I knew I, I didn't have really anywhere to play. I guess I took a couple of days off after that and decided to play Latin American Q school. Played well there. Uh, and then played the Latin tour this past year, I guess. But it's obviously a really like bumming moment because you really like just sit down and you're like, well, kind of sucks because I don't have anywhere where to play right now. Uh, but the biggest thing that I learned too is like, I think I really abused of how much I played, like how much tournament golf I played going up to Q school last year. So I show up to second stage of Q school and I was exhausted. Like, <laughs> I. I remember that 
And you told me too, because like I remember I went to see you a couple of days before I left the second stage and I had just come back from first stage and then a tournament in Mexico. And it was big travel too. And I had barely a couple of days to reset and get going again in second stage. And obviously, like as soon as I missed, I learned that and how much I just got to focus on really Q school. It takes a lot out of you. It's it's more than just one week. It's not just a normal tournament. It's uh, just as high as stress as it gets. And that was a big thing, obviously. And another thing was, too, is like I played really well at first stage last year and then second stage, obviously not as well. But uh, instead of going out and like tinkering and thinking like, okay, this didn't work out. I'm going to go change this or that. I literally didn't change a single thing of what we've been working on in the last year and a half, I'd say. Uh, Our stuff literally stayed the same. We maybe spoke in different terms, but the long-term plan never changed a single time, a single time we worked together. Was Uh, that hard for you? Was that hard to do? Because I think that's the big reason you had success this year. And Peter, I'm going to get to you in a second. I think exactly the same. You, You both have done. Jackson and I talked about this on the phone not long ago just about the unbelievable jobs you two have done this year, sticking with your program and uh, being kudos to you guys. Cause that's the real lesson of this whole thing to me is how hard it is playing week in week out, but sticking with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as I told you, like I didn't change a single thing of like my two, three things that I was working on in my block practice and my technical work, I guess, if you want to put it that way. The only thing that I really changed was like my structure and practice, you know, of being Mm -hmm. like disciplined with my time and the amount of golf swings I was really putting out there every single day and making sure I wasn't making a single, I wasn't wasting any time or energy out there. That, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's a hard lesson to learn. And we talked about this, uh, we hit some balls on Sea Island, whatever it was, right after. It was RSM week. You and I met that yeah. one morning. And you talked about, you know, better to have figured that lesson out now than yeah. later, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Peter, Peter, what about you? What about your journey? Take us through last year, the disappointment. What did you learn from it? I'll go ahead and say this. I've been hard on you this year, trying to keep you from jumping around a little bit. Talk about your process. Yeah. Last year at Q School, it's interesting because like between when I look back at like where I was last year playing first stage and this year, like I felt like I was ready last year, but looking where I am now, I just I know I've come a lot further along just as far mm-hmm. as like where I am and what we're working on and just kind of how my game's matured at the same time. And, you know, I uh, obviously missed it first stage last year, felt pretty good going into it, you know was playing really well going in and then kind of got things going a little wayward and was fighting it. And I think I learned from that this year because I didn't hit it great at first stage this year. It was kind of a similar deal. And I, um, you know, just tried to get the ball in the hole and realized that, you know, that's just golf. Sometimes you're not always going to hit it well. And, uh, yeah. then, uh, then I missed Canada Q school by a shot back in March and, Honestly, like kind of a blessing in disguise because I kind of chased the Mondays the previous summer with conditional status and, you know, played some really, really good golf, even though it maybe didn't feel that way at the time, just because I was missing at Monday cues by, you know, shooting 66 and, you know, not having that go the way that, it, you know, you feel like it should when you're, you're playing well, but doesn't feel like you're playing well. And uh, it was, you know, a chance for me to go play some 
smaller events and state opens and really um, paced myself heading into Q school this year when I felt like I was really in a good spot, both physically and mentally going in this year. Jackson, I'm going to get to you here one second, but Peter, I think that one of the things that's important is you went and you played state opens and thing. It's important to play four rounds or three rounds or whatever, you know, with cuts. Like I think Monday qualifiers, I know I told you this story on the phone. I remember Bobby Wyatt when he turned pro, like went and did a bunch of Mondays in a month and he shot like 68, 67, 67, 68 or something. And he calls me, he's like, I'm playing terrible. Well, he's missed four Mondays. Like if you did that in a tour event, you'd have finished 12, you know? And so I think Mondays are misleading. Jackson, you've kept an eye on these boys as they practiced and you've kind of, you've done such a great job coaching them along with me. How have you seen them grow through the year? And what do you think is the reason that they've had some of the success? I think it's cool to hear them grow in their own respects, right? And it's, it's a different perspective for each of them getting better. And I did have two questions, if you mind me throwing these out there. Ask one and see if we like it. All right. <laughs> First one's going back to Peter. So you had talked about how your game matured and you weren't playing good at first stage, but you got it in the hole and just figured out how to score. So like, had that changed from the year before and what was maybe the difference yeah, or what you learned mentally in that? Absolutely. I remember I was hitting it like as good as I'd like to heading into first stage last year. And I got to first stage and had like some weird shots come out of nowhere in first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of just accepting it, like accepting the fact that I'm going to hit bad shots and go in from there and just trying to get the job done regardless, I fought it and tried to figure out why I was, you know, why certain shots were coming up. And then this year, same thing happened at first stage. I, you know, had shots come out of nowhere, like super early on the first round. And instead of trying to fight it, I just told myself, look, I'm going to hit a lot of really bad shots this week, but I'm also going to hit some great shots. You know, it's going to even out at the end of the week. And I know I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm putting well. So I had that to fall back on. And I also knew that like my mindset, cause I was playing a couple of qualifiers for state opens this summer. And there were a couple of those state open qualifiers where I wasn't hitting it very good either. And I knew that the tournament was like two months ahead of, you know, ahead of time. And I was like, I know that I'm going to be able to put myself in a position to win the actual tournament if I can just get there. So that was kind of my mindset. That's awesome. That was pretty good for you, Jax. That's a good question. Thanks, T. <laughs> and then, Emilio, you were talking about last year how you were you were tired. And obviously, that's probably physically as well as mentally. Yeah. Both. Right. And like, I was just curious if you noticed anything in your play when you're tired, right? Like, is it decision making? Is it like you're just not finishing rounds coming home? What was, how did being tired physically and mentally affect your play? It's most morally than anything, like, Obviously, towards the end of every single round, you kind of you don't ever give up, but uh, you're just more tired than usual. Definitely that. But like uh, the other things too is like I I at least start being like a little lazy with like my decision making, my process of like eating in the golf course, drinking enough water, stuff like that. You know, and obviously you can't. You can't put yourself in that scenario in the middle of Q school, you know, just because you, I mean, you need everything in your favor almost, you know, like you got to do your best. And obviously if you're feeling that way, like it's not ideal. So yeah, I just think it's really important to make sure that 
yeah, that you are competing and you got enough reps in you to go out there and just do your thing. But uh, I think you also got to be careful with how much you do it, because if not, you can really burn yourself out out there. Was it decision making with shots as well? Yeah, like really like like lazy with picking targets and stuff like that. You know, like that's mm-hmm. when I realize whenever I'm really tired. Yeah. Like I just go out and just like eyeball it and I'm like, there's no precision out there at all, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought both of you grew this year away from your golf swing in different ways. I thought, Peter, you got a lot better physically and we got on you a few times. I know Colby wore your ass out a few <laughs> times and uh, Jackson's <laughs> laughing about this. And, uh, and uh, I remember at Ocean Reef one time. Come on, Maryland. Come on, Maryland. Come on, Maryland. I still don't think Colby knows my name. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. He just calls you tough. But that's okay. At least, yeah, but uh, he does know your name. But uh, and, and then Morgan also. Got to give a shout out to Morgan. Morgan did some really good stuff with you here in Mobile before second stage. And yeah, then Amelia. Emilio, you've done some nice stuff physically. I know Colby helped you some, and you did some stuff out there in California for your feet and your hips. Yeah. But also, I thought with you, one of the big – I thought where you grew the most – tell me if I'm wrong, and I want Peter to talk about his too, but Emilio, mentally, and how you kind of – you went through a little bit of a putting battle in the year, and you struggled, and then you kind of learned that it's okay to think some of the things that you do and yeah. and, and handle some of that. Talk about that, because I think that's really – that's gold for people that are trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah. I mean, like I was in the middle of Aladdin season and like a lot of the expectations were like kind of jumping on me. Like I was in right around the bubble of like 20th place of the, of the money list. Like obviously in a good spot with like six events left. And like, I just put a lot of pressure on me and like, I was hitting it really well in the middle of that stretch. And I show up to this week, uh, three week stretch and like, I just, like, I start like putting myself in these positions of like, I'm hitting it close a bunch and I've missed two, three putts and I'm already like, just made up my mind that I can't putt, you know, like, just cause like, you know, like I'm just being really hard on myself and just trying to be so perfect with everything, you know, mm-hmm. and that goes a long way, you know, and obviously I started tinkering a bunch of what to do and is it my setup if I'm doing this right or this, you know, like switching putters all the time. And, you know, like I I just wasn't being fair to myself at all. You know, like it was just the way the game was going for me. Obviously sometimes it's just harder to get it in the hole, you know? And even though I was hitting it great, I mean, it just didn't help at all. Like the mindset I was approaching into every putt. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it went. And obviously I learned from it. A couple of people helped me out to go through that phase, including you guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was really fortunate enough to, to snap out of it fast enough, I guess, cause that can go, it could go bad really fast if you're not careful in that route. One of the biggest things I've learned from the people I work with, and I know we talked a little bit about this, but like Dr. Carton, Greg always talks about like, once you realize that it's okay to think stuff and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, yeah. like it's amazing how much more freedom that gives you. And I've had the same thing in my teaching. Sometimes you, you know, you doubt yourself, whatever, lose your confidence, you know, but you, you know, it's okay. That's it's okay. Right. You know, I think that's a big step. Peter talk about you getting better physically, Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. 
those first couple, I mean, those first, <laughs> some of those workouts with Colby are pretty daunting. Like when you, when you go through them and you realize how difficult they are. Cause like when you see other people do them, it's, it doesn't look like it's that hard. And then you do it and you're like absolutely worn out for like a week. And, uh, I think for me, like it was easier for me to just kind of like, I, I think just in general, like physical, mental, like just kind of, you know, not having status, like golf wise, it, I was, it was easy for me to get too far ahead of myself. And if I, so I just started trying to focus on trying to get a little bit better each day just to, try to, you know, break it down a little bit. And I felt like if I just kept doing that a little bit each and every day, then I would get to a point where I, you know, would eventually start seeing some results. And that's where I kind of went with the physical stuff. We're going to talk, I want to talk a little bit of it now. And Jackson, if you got any questions, jump in. But if you, we go to the finals week, I'm going to start with you, Peter, because you were, I think, six over through 14 holes, right? And I told Jackson this on the phone. That's what, the comeback from there is where you showed me how good you can be as a player, okay? Six over through 14, you birdie three of the last four or five, whatever it is, and then you play great, obviously, the rest of the way in to finish easily inside the number. Take us through, I mean, what were you thinking? What did you do? Yeah, those first 14 holes were tough. Like, you know, it kind of got away from me a little bit, but um, it wasn't the first time in Q school that I had my back against the wall, and... You know, honestly, like when I, I birdied three of my last four holes coming in the first round and I was three over and I knew it was on the harder golf course. So I, I, I wasn't like too stressed out. I knew I was going to have to play really solid the last three days, but I just kind of stayed the course and tried to just take it one shot at a time and really get into my own game and, and, uh, and see where I stood at the end of the week. I thought it was, I showed me a lot. Emilio, I want you to talk about the story you told me about getting, I think it was 16 or 17, the part three and yeah. remembering the work we did at Old Palm. That's one of my favorite stories ever as a teacher. I loved it. Take us through that story. Jax, I don't know if you've heard it from Emilio. And then after this, I want to do talk for a minute about hard shell tacos. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll keep it simple, but uh, obviously all you guys know that I like to draw the golf ball quite a bit, especially with my irons and wedges, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm playing the last round of this uh, this year in Kia School and final stage, and uh, I'm hitting it pretty well, but, like, I'm just not getting the ball in the hole. Like, I had a couple three putts, and and I'm, I'm just having looks, like, time after time after time, and I just haven't made a single one of them. And I'm, I just – and I show up to the 15th hole, and I miss, uh, I miss a green in, in a fine spot, and – I just don't get up and down and I put myself against the wall with three holes to go 16, 17 and 18. And I'm right in the number. And, uh, I get to 16, the par five, I hit it on the green and two, I put it off the green, chip it up to five. <laughs> you didn't tell me that part. Yeah. <laughs> I put it off the green, chip it up to like five feet and make it for par. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm fine. But, <laughs> uh, I could have gone another year without hearing that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then 17, uh, it's like this 200 yard par three. It's got, it's got like five shelves on it. It's a crazy green and the wind's coming into off the right. It's not ideal with a right pin back, right pin. And me and Tony, last time we saw each other in old palm, actually, 
he told me, I bet you that at least once in Q school, you're going to have to either fight the le- right to left win because you can't just bring that sucker right to left all the time. And greens like that, especially that are so firm. And I show up in this scenario, I'm like, well, I got to do it now because if not, I'm going to bounce it in the middle of the green and roll it off and I can't make mm-hmm. another bogey. And I started this ball dead at the middle of this pin. It like fights the wind the whole way, lands like literally in the middle of the green and trickles to like six feet and I make birdie. So I cruise through it then and I don't show up to 18 like right against the wall because it's a really tough tee shot. Amelia was in the group behind me too. So we were like, you know, see what was going on. Yeah, but it was all together one round. Didn't y'all yeah, play together, together the third we played round? together in third, third, yeah, round, third yeah. round. Yeah. Both played nice. I, I, I agree. And Emilio, I told you, like, I, I remember sitting there at Old Palm saying, like, you know, whatever shot you hit, like, you know, it's easy to get comfortable. But at some point, to earn your card and to get to the PGA Tour, you're going to have to be uncomfortable and you're going to have to grow a set of balls and hit a shot you're not comfortable doing. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and fortunately enough, like, we set a practice plan that was so solid that made me practice that golf shot you know mm-hmm. like obviously like my stock shot is always going to be a ball that's falling right to left mm-hmm. but but like i i showed up in this scenario i'm like that just doesn't fit out there because the ball had to start literally on the edge of the water <laughs> and it was still going to land and it was going to roll more I, I was not going to stop it in that back right shelf and yeah i mean it was just awesome to see that uh, even outside my comfort zone, I was still able to perform. That's awesome. Yeah. Jackson, as you watched them and coached them, obviously Peter and I and Emilio, we'd meet. We did a good job, I thought, especially towards the end of the summer, towards the stretch, staying uh, consistent. Peter, I think we got to do better than that this year. I think we got it. But I think where you have a set schedule is going to help enormously. That's, I think one of the hardest things about coaching guys without status is you're always running from here to there to here to there to find a place to play, right? I think we yeah, have yeah. a, I think we have a schedule that helps a bunch. A lot, yeah. But uh, you know, Jackson, what was your secret to coaching them in between visits with me? I thought we did a nice job. You and I communicating. I thought a couple times we had a little come to Jesus meeting and we said, "Hey, we got to not try to add information. We got to stick to what we're doing." Talk a little bit about the coaching process. I think for me, it's pretty easy. Because obviously you guys have a plan put in place and you've stuck to it and you guys have done phenomenal and that's why you've seen results. And the other reason it's easy for me is I think it's a great opportunity for me to learn. Like I like just asking questions and kind of hearing what you guys are thinking and what you're trying to do. And a lot of times you give me the answers for your own for yourself, if that makes sense. It's like it's just like talking talking this stuff through and having some some reflection in that. 2020 hindsight vision like Peter was talking about how he learned to have acceptance and I think you can have that same ability to look back and learn just on your practice for the last month or last two months or the tournament stretch that you're in so I think for me I learn a bunch just by asking them questions and hearing what they're working through uh, in between sessions with you I love it now how are we getting ready for January for your kickoff here, what, what are your thoughts on how you guys are going to prepare? I think you've both done a nice job taking time off. And I mean that sincerely, like you got to get away from it. You can't, I mean, I think these people that get their corn fairy card and they just go start beating balls. I think next year is going to be even more of a grind. 
what are your thoughts? How, I mean, you taking some time off, enjoyed it. How, how are we going to get ready? I think I've played too much golf since Q school ended, but it's been fun golf. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think booze golf is the same. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen uh, some of the pictures. There yeah, wasn't a lot of grinding. <laughs> Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just like, uh, since it's so difficult to just keep up with like full on workout schedules throughout a tournament week, like I feel like this stretch of time coming up is like the big opportunity to really take a, a stride in that, at least for myself physically, because I feel like that's where I have probably Love the that. most room to grow. So Ian and I are going to go out to California in like a week and, uh, I'm spend some time out there and do some physical stuff and get a program, you know, in place with, for my own limitations and, and go from there. So. What do you think, E? What are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, since final stage, I think I've only played golf like five, six times maybe. And I think I'm going to keep it that way probably for a couple extra weeks, like up until the jingle ball, I got to prep for that. I mean, it is the fifth major. It's well, in it's a, a fifth major for me, man. Nah, but I'll play. Peter, the why bell. are you not playing in the jingle bell? What do you mean? I thought I was. Are you? Do when you have it? a partner? December ninth no. to eleventh. Oh, I don't. I don't think I can. I've got. I've got yeah. uh, previous engagements. I actually, I actually think I remember that. All right, back to your jingle bell prep, Emilio. <laughs> I'll play the jingle bell, then I'm heading home to Mexico to renew my visa because if not, I can't even play the corn fairy tour. Uh, <laughs> that's probably a good reason to go do that <laughs> and also spend christmas with my family and take care of that stuff since i can't be home very often but uh uh i will do that and I'll, I'll start prepping from mexico i have some facilities i can go to and and do my thing but uh once i get back we'll we'll get together in old palm hopefully a couple days or just in south florida yeah. overall so we can get some good work in, but definitely like my focus for the next few weeks is just enjoying myself, having, having a good time. And, and obviously I'm going to put a lot of good work in the gym. Like Peter said, it, it's just hard. And once you get going in the season, man, like you can't do like, at least for myself, like I, I, I don't gas myself out in the gym before a first round of a tournament, you yeah. know, I definitely do all my stuff that keeps me moving good, but I'm not lifting a bunch. I'll say that. And I'll probably do all that lifting stuff in the upcoming months. I love it. I'm looking forward to golf camp this year. It's going to be going to be fun down there at Old Palm. I think we're going to see if Moose can take us out to uh, the Florid Floridians. My favorite day we go out there. I love that. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll have some good time. Jackson, what are your thoughts on the rest, rest of the offseason and how we get the boys ready? I love it. I'm just using Mariner's Chalice to prep for the Jingle Bell, really. I mean, Emilio, how many shots do you think we should give Jackson? A lot, based on today. No. Based out of today? Tequila. You're always hard on yourself. I, I, <laughs> you're always hard on yourself. You don't deserve it as many as you say. <laughs> I think he should get three. I, three. Yeah, I the three. I've played 12 Dude, holes since July 18th. Dude, your partner hits a 350 and gets like 10 shots. I didn't even know that. Long Emilio, I didn't even know that. Thank you for telling the <laughs> handicap committee. 350 <laughs> in the I was hitting fairways. Jackson on the range today, and it was an absolute stripe show. So, Oh, I know. He's so he, He's a stripe show. And he rolls his rock. 
he'll wear the white belt. He'll get in there with the visor and he's just going to roll it right down his line. <laughs> Last year, they made like 600 feet of butts or something that one. But anyway, guys, one, thanks for all taking the time to come on and do this. I know you got a bunch going on with the Mariners chalice. Two, I've told Jackson this. I told Yvonne this. This is the you guys are part of the best group of young talent and players I've had work with me in forever. I mean, since the early days with Bobby and Robbie. And man, I'm so pumped about how much you guys have grown and all the stuff we're doing. We're gonna have some fun next year. But before we go, so Emilio, oh, when boy. I come when I come out to a corn fairy event and we do Taco Tuesday, yeah, I want you to explain why I'm not allowed to get hard shell tacos. I don't understand this person. First of all, if we do a Taco Tuesday, I will be the one cooking the tacos in my place. You're not allowed to going out. to. I'm just annoyed that every time you go for tacos, all you get is like hard shell tacos with sour cream and some guac, man. Like, that's just not a taco, man. Okay, first of all, I don't get sour cream. but Okay, go ahead. <laughs> like, hard shell tacos is just a Taco Bell thing, man. It's not a Mexican thing. <laughs> All right, and why can't I get queso? It's not a Mexican thing either, man. Like, it's not. It, it's not, man. I mean, cheese so Taco is, Bell's it, been lying to me. Yes. <laughs> All the Tex-Mex is just not Mexican food, man. Okay. All right. You've changed me. I yeah. texted you a picture the other day. You did. Thanksgiving weekend down in the Keys. I ordered an yeah, unbelievable yeah. fish taco, and I got it with the soft shell. Okay. It's not a shell, man. You can't call it a shell. What is it? Tortilla. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I could get it to say it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys are the best. Have a great Mariners Chalice. Jackson, thanks for all the help. Peter, Emilio, hell of a job. We're going to have a fun January. I'll see you at Old Palm and I guess all right. almost a month. Almost a month. Yeah. You guys have good. fun. Don't drink too much this weekend. See you yeah, soon. All right. All right. Hey, thanks thanks for you having us. Yep. Absolutely. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors, Shrikshan, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Dew Sweepers channel on YouTube, as well as the Dew Sweeper on Instagram, or go to dewsweepersgolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.